You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. the Spittin' Statistician, a.k.a. the Stable Genius and Vocal Minority. And welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Network. We got a big show for you. Check it out. We're going to be doing a lot of things. Earlier in the week when I was at Studio 34 and Rockin' Riley's, we were talking a lot about the NFL and free agency, kind of wrapping that up a little bit now that the big wave has come. You know, even, even guys that are bridge people like, AJ McCarron and Tyrod Taylor have been moving around. You know, uh, you know, Mike Glennon already has a deal. The Garrett Blunt already has a deal. So what we're going to do in this episode is we are going to shift it a little bit over and we're going to talk a little bit more about baseball. You know, it is fantasy baseball season, although you would not have believed it with the Nor'easter that was going through the East Coast and my home, New York City, earlier this week. But check it out. What we're going to do is we're going to zone in on the AL East. I'm going to give you my division preview for the AL East. You know I've been doing that, going division by division, getting you ready for fantasy baseball drafts, which are probably happening fast and furious. I did a baseball draft just yesterday, okay, so that was really hot. Yo, check it out. I'll, I'll show my, you, you can catch my team on Twitter. Follow me at Spittin' Speeds. We're going to get into the AL East, but, and, and you know that, you know, you know I'm a Puerto Rican from the Bronx, so I got to represent the Yankees, but we're also going to talk about, um, there's a very interesting article that I saw in Sports Illustrated about um, Giancarlo Stanton and you know his his thoughts about the Marlins and his thoughts about coming over to the Yankees. We're going to talk about that a little bit as well. Some other interesting parts about the AL East in general. We're going to put the fun in functional sports radio a little bit later on when we talk about Tampa Bay and what they are doing, which is very unique in Major League Baseball and could be the opposite of what some other teams are doing. And it brings us to our poll question. Check it out on Twitter. What is the ideal size? of a Major League Baseball rotation. Okay, this year, in 2018, there will be teams with four, five, and six-man rotations. We'll get into that a little bit as well. You know what we do here. Put the fun in functional sports analysis. We got the content here with the hashtag stats over beat cypher. Let's get into it starting with the NFL, okay? Listen, like I said, free agency continues. Since the last time I talked to you, I think the, the, the new signings of note First of all, Eric Ebron going to the Indianapolis Colts. I think that is interesting because they still have Jack Doyle there in Indianapolis. Is this the way they are going to try and get weapons slash protection for Andrew Luck? Listen, this team lost Dante Moncrief. They lost Frank Gore. I have not seen them do that much to kind of augment the weaponry, shall we say. Do you believe in Marlon Mack? I'm not sure about that, but Eric Ebron now out there in the kind of two tight end offense. A lot of teams are going to this two tight end offense. It's going to be hard this year in fantasy football to get a quote-unquote workhorse tight end in the same way you can't get a workhorse running back. Are we seeing tight end by committee in more teams? That's something to keep an eye on. And also, check this out. Um, in Oakland, well, Beast Mode will be back with the Oakland Raiders, okay? I guess there was some kind of, it was up in the air a little bit after John Gruden came in as the new head coach 
you know what I'm saying, like see if uh, he was a fit, what they could get out of Marshawn. He actually took a pay cut to stay there, okay? So um, I think that's interesting. And, you know, they're accumulating now with Jordy Nelson taking over the Michael Crabtree role. They're really putting the pressure on Carr to stay healthy with that good offensive line. Let's see what Gruden can do there. I think they are a fantasy herd, you know, if you listen to the stats over Beat Cypher. You know about that. And the one thing I want to say before we dive into um, the real NFL topic for this episode of Fantasy Freestyle is did you see this um, this incident with Zay Jones? Uh, Bill's wide receiver Zay Jones was in a uh, you know an apartment complex in Los Angeles. Okay, and I'll tell you what, there was a woman there and there was his brother there, and there's an argument. Um, and Zay Jones is ultimately arrested for uh, vandalism, right? But if you see the video, and uh, there's a lot of places you can see the video. You know, I think it was originally from TMZ. If you see the video, um, it is on some next level-ish right now, okay? He's running around naked. He's screaming that, you know, he's fighting with Jesus. He tries to jump out, potentially, of a uh, 30th story window. It breaks the glass. I saw a video, you know, afterwards. It looked like there was definitely a crime scene involved, okay? It's absolutely crazy. Like I'm saying, he's, he's screaming that he's fighting with Jesus, his brother, who's also an NFL player. Um, I think he's a wide out with the Vikings potentially, um, is, you know, is trying to, you know, calm him down. And there's been a lot of an outcry about like, you know, mental health right now in, um, professional sports, you know, um, guys like DeMar DeRozan have come out, guys like Kevin Love have come out in the NBA talking about anxiety, talking about depression. And so, you know, this is a sensitive thing in the conversation right now, but I do got to tell you this, um, he could have just also been on K2. This is what people on K2 do. You know, so who knows what's going on in the offseason with Zay Jones. Who? Zay Jones. So who knows? But we do hope everything is well. But, you know, let's see Let's see how this one develops. But I have to let the stats over Beat Cypher know about that. What I want to talk about, though, in the NFL, because, listen, there's this player movement. And we're going to be giving it to you, you know, as the offseason chugs along. You know, after this uh, free agency kind of slows down a little bit, we'll tell you who's still out there. I'll tell you what teams still need to, you know, make it happen. Happen next time we talk on the fantasy freestyle, um, and then we get into this draft coverage. And we're going to talk a lot with Emery Hunt, our, go- our guy, the czar of the playbook, Emery Hunt. He got that new glitch in the system on um, the fantasy sports network. You gotta love what he's doing, he's the man. Um, so, as we go, we're going to go into draft coverage, but before that, what I do want to tell you is listen, they're talking about this redefinition of a catch. Okay, and this is something we talk about all the time on the fantasy freestyle. Check it out, Troy Vincent. The vice president of football operations says, uh, you know, there's been panels, there's been reviews, okay, but they already submit a set of recommendations, and here's how they did it. I think this is interesting. They, They looked at current plays, and they worked backwards from that. You know, they kind of backwards planned there and mapped out uh, if it should be a catch, you know, this is what it should be. So, for example, the ideas of uh, slight movement of the ball in the receiver's hands, they may reverse that. That used to be able to still be a catch, but now if the ball's moving, they might reverse that, he says. Okay, going to the ground, that part is going to be eliminated, and that's the big deal. Okay, going to the ground, that might be eliminated. Okay, and they could uh, change some of the replay standards as well. Okay, check this out. Uh, part of the quote, the new updated rule, quote, will require only that a receiver have control of the football and any slight movement of the football in the receiver's hand detected via replay would not result in an incompletion. It would also, quote, eliminate the requirement that a receiver who is in the process of going to the ground while making a catch must maintain control of the football while on the turf to be awarded a legal catch. So those are the two main things, okay? Okay. 
And I think this is very interesting. Right now, the Des Bryant catch against Green Bay in the playoffs, that would now be a catch, they say. The Jesse James catch against uh, the Patriots this year for Pittsburgh, which could have changed the entire AFC, uh, would now be a catch and a touchdown. Interestingly enough, I've been telling you, like, I think this is a step in a good direction. I think this does make a little bit more sense. This does kind of define and clarify a little bit better, but it's still imperfect. There's still going to be other calls. There's still going to be other plays that we see in the next, uh, you know, year that make us further. You know, we find a new gray area, you know, so I still say I still say what we need to do is have, you know how we listen, if we could do replay in uh, centralized in New York, if now we can have independent neurologists centralized in New York, which can buzz something and take a player off the field for player safety. Um, and we're going to get into player safety very soon on the fantasy freestyle because this concussion settlement um, is not going so well for the NFL. But we'll get into that a little bit later on or another another down the road here on the fantasy freestyle. I've always said what you could do consistently or maybe, in a, in a you know, as MLB had the fan cave. Maybe you could do this and just have a panel of like fans in the cave and you have five every every Sunday and they're just going thumbs up, thumbs down. Was it a catch centralized and boom, that's it. And, you know, you have an alternate if it's like the teams, if it's the teams involved, he's got a, a he or she has to abstain and you put on an alternate. That's what's up. I would nominate. I would I would volunteer to try to do that. How can I do that? Or just have like some kids just watching and make them, their decision. That's how I've always said. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter. At Spittin' Speeds, is that the right way to do the panel? And would you serve on it? Would you be honest on it? <laughs> on that sort of thing. So um, that's that's what we're talking about NFL. But like I said, we're going to talk mostly MLB this episode of the Fantasy Freestyle. We're going to get into the AL East, okay? We're going to talk about um, which arms I like, which ones are Fugazi. We'll talk about the bats, um, you know, outside of just Stanton and Judge, obviously, right? Stanton and Judge are going to be huge, but what other bats, you know? Everyone knows about those two guys. I'm trying to tell you where your diamonds in the rough, and there's definitely some in the AL East. But before we do that, I want to tell you something. I saw this very, very interesting article um, about Giancarlo Stanton, okay? And he kind of really opened up about, you know, his situation in Florida, in Miami, um, through the, through the doldrums and seeing what has happened, you know? And, and he made the point that he had eight different managers, in his eight years with the Marlins, you know, and how every year someone new would come in and be like this new enthusiasm, right? And this new set of ethics and this new culture and blah, blah, blah. And, and it just became kind of a broken record. And he, he kind of not necessarily tuned out, but it was hard for to, to have as much investment or faith, you know. And then he also said that when he was at All-Star Games... When he, when he was at the World Baseball Classic, when he would see other elite players, high-level players, and, and coming from their organizations, what their winning culture was like, what their work ethic was like, what their level of expectation was like, you know, he, he literally said that um, he felt the brunt of it and that, and that he felt clowned. You know, he said, quote, you laugh it off for a while. Then you start thinking, are you part of the mess? Are you the face of what everyone is laughing about? He says it didn't sit well for him, with him for years. It started to really burn him up inside. He asked himself, if his career ended tomorrow, what would he take away from it besides the few individual accomplishments? So this is important for him, okay? And now he's finally, you know, has this closet, be able to hit this open market, you know, so he takes visits with the Giants, 
with the Cardinals. And he said he did that purposely just because he wanted to, you know, peek behind the curtain and see how other organizations did it. And I think that's interesting. Players are considering this now with their with their with their their quality of life, the taxes, but also like what are they what kind of work situation are they getting into? What, do they align with the vision? Is it a well-run organization? Blake Griffin said this re- recently in the NBA, too. When he came from the Clippers to Detroit, he's like, you know, he sees the banners on the wall. And he's like, you know, this is how, this is a culture. This, I, this is a way to do it. I think, it, I think. listen, that's what's happening here. So I think it's, I, I, I really like Stanton opening up about this, right? In this article also, and this is potentially one of the most interesting parts to me. He talks about... This is uh, Stan. He talks about how the death of Jose Fernandez was a huge turning point for him. You know, because on a, on a number of levels, too. You know, the first is that, like, Fernandez was a legit ace. You know, Fernandez was that guy you could build around, okay? You, he says you need a pitcher like that who can dominate. Like, he can win the World Series, you know? He can help you win the World Series, that sort of thing. And also because what Fernandez was in the locker room. And this has been, you know, well-documented, what kind of, like, life force he was in baseball and locker rooms as a teammate, as a joy, and what that did to that team, right? So, um, but then he says one other thing. He says, a th- he says that Fernandez came up to him once and was like, you know how it goes down here business-wise. He says, when I get out of here, I'm going to the Yankees and I'm taking you with me. And I've always said, oh my goodness, as a, as a Yankees fan, oh, that's the guy I wanted in this big summer coming up, which was supposed to be, you know, Harper and Machado and Donaldson. I was like, nah, I wanted Jose Fernandez. And he apparently wanted to come to the Yankees. But... It does, and, that, it, it, and then they talk about how it comes together, kind of from the, the Cashman side of things, right, which is very interesting from the general manager. He was saying that, like, listen, he knew they wanted to upgrade at DH, and their first target was uh, Otani at first, right? But then Otani wanted to play on the West Coast and things like that. They knew they were out of it for them. So then they went up and, and were kind of more aggressive, inquiring and, 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 and working and propositioning around Stanton. You know, um, and I think that was really interesting. Then he, they talk about how they had to get some money back to go on the 197. How they had to, um, how they had to take Castro as part of the deal to get, you know, to also get down on some money. You know, and then, and then they really Stanton described his interactions with Derek Jeter and trying to be able to like give this team a shot with Yelich with Ozuna and how Jeter was like not into it. And I th- so it's a very interesting article, and I think, listen, it, it for me it reinforces that Stan has his head on his shoulders, that he's not going to be, you know, um, starry-eyed coming to New York, that he's about his business, that he's about not being necessarily the man, but a huge cog in what could be the most scary offense in a very, very long time. Um, we're talking about, you know, Manny, Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz kind of combo. But also, and people are forgetting about this, also with Gary Sanchez, the number one catcher offensively in the major leagues. 30 home run potential. With maybe a healthy Greg Bird, although Greg Bird could also be Nick Johnson. My Yankee fans know what's up. But with Didi, with, you know, with Guardy, this is a good offense. With Aaron Hicks, this is a good offense. I guess apparently if they want to go the veteran route with Neil Walker and Brandon Drury, with the kids coming up still, I think Torres is still like coming up as soon as that time in June is up, you know. So I think this is this is really interesting to get into the mindset. And I really like how he 
you know, I guess kind of let you in. So obviously, um, 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 I'm all about these Yankees. I'm a former bleacher creature. But what I will try to do is give you an honest assessment of the AL East because in fantasy, you got to sometimes take your heart out of it, right? Uh, shout out to my boy, Sammy So, old dog and zippy. Um, he couldn't play fantasy baseball because he couldn't have, he would just take the entire Yankees team or couldn't have any Red Sox or anybody even in the American League sometimes, which you can't be that way. Okay. So I'm going to try and divorce that for you in my AL East preview coming up right about now on the fantasy freestyle. We're going to do that after we come back from the break right here on the fantasy sports network. We're going to first talk about all the arms. Then, you know, then the offense, the diamonds and the fugazis and a little bit of interesting things that Tampa Bay is doing as it relates to their arms. And then we're going to put the fun in functional sports radio. You know what it is, which boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. the spitting statistician, the stable genius and vocal minority on the Fantasy Sports Network. Come on right back. Uh, you know, we'll get it up. We'll chop it up about the AI least. Let's go. Skix sneakers are taking over tailgates and alumni homes across America. Skix canvas high top, low top, slip on, and kids tennis style sneakers designed in officially licensed college colors and logos is a must have for every college fan's wardrobe. Fun, fashionable, and comfortable. Whether you're at the big game or watching the game at home, Skix helps fans perform better. Go to Skix.com and use promo code FNTSY for 15% off your pair now. That's Skix.com. Skix sneakers, the soul of a true Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle with your boy Dane Martinez, the spin statistician, getting in on the Fantasy Sports Network. I told you we're going to get down about the AL East. We're going to chop it up, giving you everything you need to know for fantasy baseball. We're going to go kind of team by team. I'll give you some diamonds. I'll give you some full gazes. I'll tell you my predictions for the division if you want to bet on some over-unders, some playoff futures. We'll get into the ALEs. But first, I do got to tell you, for everybody still playing DFS right now, you can play DFS basketball. You can play DFS hockey right now. And I'm going to tell you, go over to Fantasy Factor and do that, okay? Fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site for, you know, the casual recreational player. If you're just dipping your toe in the water, you don't want to go to these big sites where people are putting in 50 lineups a night, 100 lineups a night. They'd be running their algorithms. You really don't have a chance, okay, as a casual player, but you do at FantasyFactor.com. They got flatter prize pools, smaller fields, single entry contests, so you don't have to compete with all that nonsense, okay? They also do NHL and NBA free rolls every single week. It is a free entry. So just sign up and enter. Go on over to FantasyFactor.com. It's the move. Tell me, your boy, Speed sent you. Um, free roll every week. You know what it is. Um, so let's get into this AL East. Um, the first place I want to tell you about is the arms. We're going to get into, you know, and, and honestly, there are, there are some bad pitching staffs in this division. Okay, so let's 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 get them out of the way. And obviously, Baltimore is one. They're one of the worst rotations in the major leagues, in my opinion. Okay, they play in a small ballpark. Also, they play in a division where with offensive juggernauts, they're going to see the Yankees 19 times. They're going to see the Red Sox 19 times. You know, they're going to even see an offense like Toronto, an above average offense 19 times. You know, so it is not a good situation uh, for an, an Orioles pitcher. And 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 Dylan Bundy. They're quote-unquote ace, you know. Dylan Bundy is, yeah, sure, he's coming off his best season, 
Uh, he had over 150 strikeouts, 152 strikeouts last year. But he still had a 424 ERA. His XFIP was still 4.77. And he he threw 169 innings. But that was the previous year he threw 109 innings. Okay, that's a big jump. So I am worried about what this kid who has had injury troubles before. I would not be on Dylan Bundy. Dylan Bundy is a definite Fugazi nominee for me in the AL East. And after that, what are we talking about? Nothing. Okay, so you want to keep it moving when you think about the arms in Baltimore. You know, even when you think about the closer side, Britain is on the DL. And if he's healthy, he's going to get traded as a commodity because the Orioles won't need him. You know what I'm saying? And Brad Brock, like how many how many opportunities do you think he's going to get? I don't know that he's an elite level closer. If you need someone at the bottom, go right ahead. But, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see as Britain, if Britain gets back anytime soon, not necessarily scheduled to. In Tampa Bay in this division, um, you you definitely you have Chris Archer. OK, and and don't get it twisted. Chris Archer is a SP1. For your team. Okay, in the last three years, 10.7 strikeout rate, 10.4 strikeout rate, 11.1 strikeout rate. Okay, in the last three years, 5.2 war, 3.2 war, 4.6 war. But in the last three years, his record has been under 500, 12 and 13, under 500, 9 and 19 under 510 and 12 he is the quality start reason i'm gonna call i'm gonna call archer right now the quality the qs flag you know shout out to my people over there at rotoware kenny cash you know what it is you know flying the qs flag like that's what archer is he is the pro you know he's gonna give you a great outing but there's no offense there really to help you know and then then what about the rest of them odorizzi i think jake odorizzi is going to be traded he is a prime candidate to be traded even if no one actually sacks up and pays the price for a guy like archer i think someone you know, could in in need get a guy like Jake Odorizzi. But what I'm intrigued by is Blake Snell. Blake Snell, to me, is a potential diamond in the rough. Okay, this is a guy um, who pretty much dominates AAA, has been, I think, brought along right. I have faith in that organization to bring along young pitchers. They have been doing it for a long, long time. And I think this guy is about to take the jump and throw about 180 innings this year and maintain his kind of strikeout potential. And he is going very late in drafts. Blake Snell is a name to watch and someone why, for example, you know, in the same way in football, I say you need to wait on quarterback because there's so many guys in baseball. What I believe is you need to get your two starting pitchers at the top. I recommend, you know, not necessarily getting the Kershaw or the Sale or the Scherzer, but give me give me in my third and fourth round if I can get if I can get Syndergaard in the third, if I can get um you know a Carrasco in the fourth, if I can get, you know, something you know, lo- Eight, eight, eight to ten starting pitchers right there. If I can get stuff like that in, the, in that area, those will be my two. And then I wait for a long time. Why? Because I'm going to pick my high upside guys like a Blake Snell later on in the draft. There's a lot of them out there, and some of them are going to pop, and otherwise you're going to be on the waiver wire early in the season anyway. And you're going to find the guys that are having good seasons. And that's the way I'm, I'm going to be playing it when I get my uh, starting pitchers this year and I think that's the way you should play it as well but Blake Snell is an intriguing guy for me so the Tampa Bay Rays you know are definitely above Baltimore in the division when we think about it Uh, in the number three spot in these 
in the, I guess, these starting ranks and guys you need to know about in the AL East, we talk about the Toronto Blue Jays, okay? And I like Marcus Stroman, but here's the thing. Marcus Stroman is kind of a, um, he is a high floor, low ceiling kind of guy. And you have to know that. So you have to know that if he's going to be your SP2. You know, I like him as a low-end SP2, but the only problem is when a guy has this kind of sinker slider stuff, he doesn't strike out as many guys as you might want from some of your power arms at the top. When you're drafting early and you're getting your SP2, you want it to be a guy who's going to be around 190, 200 strikeouts. Okay? You, and, 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 and Stroman is not necessarily that guy. Okay, you know who could be that guy in this rotation for me, a potential diamond, is Aaron Sanchez. Okay, in the same way that Snell is intriguing, Aaron Sanchez is intriguing. We have seen this kid throw over 100 miles an hour out of the bullpen. We've seen him as a starter go 190 innings already in his career and lead the American League in ERA. He had a three-even ERA in 2016 okay but he's coming off a season where he only pitched 36 innings because of blisters and that's something that hopefully he has going right and i think this could be a guy that is worth taking a shot on again remember the strategy overall is you get your studs right if i can come away with Syndergaard and Bumgarner, i'm happy and then i'm waiting and then I'm waiting for a while after I get my SP2, especially if you're in some rotos, in my opinion, okay? But um, that's the guy I like in Toronto. It's Aaron Sanchez. I'll take him before J.A. Happ. I'll take him before Marco Estrada. Those guys could be streamers. But remember, Toronto's also a good hitting park. And so uh, give me give me Stroman, but as a solid floor. And give me Aaron Sanchez. The, two, the number two rotation of me in this division is the Boston Red Sox. Okay, the Boston Red Sox. And to be quite honest, this is why I think I'm down on them overall. I don't think they have the de- now I don't think they have the depth. Now don't get me wrong, Chris Sale. Chris Sale is, in my opinion, the number one uh, starting pitcher for fantasy. For fantasy uh, baseball. Why? Because of his strikeouts. Okay, just because of his strikeouts. I mean, he had 308 strikeouts last year. That is more than even Kershaw. That's more than Scherzer. This is a guy who goes out there in every single night. But the thing is, he's not going to be on any of my teams because you have to invest pretty much a late first-round pick in order to get him or an early second-round pick. And um, that's not going to happen for me. Okay, I go get elite talent, like I said, one or two, and then I'll be happy with Syndergaard. I'll be happy with Syndergaard after that, in my opinion. But listen, there's no, there's no poo-pooing how dominant Chris Sale can be. But the wild card is, is David Price. David Price was a workhorse. David Price was a workhorse and, and then kind of has broken down since a little bit of time in Boston. And, and, and the thing about Price that I found a little bit surprising is that he's 33 years old. He's going to be 33 this August. Okay, that surprised me. I always reminded him. He remembered, you know, he was this young kid coming out of Vanderbilt that dominated for the Rays as a, as a, as a, as a closer, as a starter. You know, like, he was dependable. He was their workhorse. It wasn't medium game James Shields. You know, it was Price. And now he's kind of, you know, fallen off. So does he have a kind of post-Renaissance? And if he does, then they are very formidable. If not... I don't know because I'm not moved by Rick Porcello. Okay, he might be slightly better than what he did last year with a 4.65 ERA, going well under 511.17, but he's certainly not even close to his 2016 
of 22 and 4 and 315 ERA, like that's not going to happen. Okay, so he's not going to be on my teams. Um, so that and, and and when you think about Stephen Wright, the other guys they have in that in that rotation, um, it's going to be a lot on 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 price and on sale. And then what we have is what I believe is the best is the best uh, rotation in this division, and that's the Yanks. And and I say that because listen. They're deeper. They're deeper. I've been saying, like, who who, who has a number three and four that are better than Sonny Gray and, you know, say, CeCe and more reliable? You know, Seve was third. Luis Severino was third in the Cy Young voting last year behind Sale and Kluber, okay? And um, that's pretty nasty. It's 2.98 ERA. Struck out 10.7 guys per nine innings. Okay, but I still do feel like in a playoff series he would be uh, a dog to a Corey Kluber or a Chris Sale or a Verlander and Keiko kind of situation, right? And so he's kind of the 1A, and so is Tanaka. Listen, Tanaka had a great year. Okay, we've seen him with a sub 3 ERA. Uh, we, his XFIP last year, Tanaka, was, was 2.44. Okay, he, he threw 180 innings when people were worried about his elbow. At, at almost a 10 strikeout per nine rate. So, I mean, he had a good year as well. And then you have Sonny Gray. And then you have CeCe. And, 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 of course, you have that bullpen. The bullpen is maybe the best in all of Major League Baseball. So that's why, that's why I think the arms give an advantage to the New York Yankees in this division. And then when we talk about, and then when we talk about the offense, I mean, you know, come on, right? Let's, let's, Let's save the obvious for last. I mean, in Tampa Bay, this is, again, this is a bad offense, okay? This is a bad offense. In the same way the Orioles have a bad, uh, you know, pitching staff, the, the Rays have a bad offense. They were 25th in Major League Baseball last year in one scored, and then they lost Evan Longoria. They lost Logan Morrison. They didn't get much help, you know? Kevin Kiermeyer at the top, he could be a 15-25 kind of guy, Right, um, and he's probably better than where I'm seeing him go in drafts. I'm seeing him go as like outfielder 50 right now. He might be slightly better than that, but uh, his strikeout rate is 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 horrible. I think it's over 20 percent. Okay, and his Babbitt, his Babbitt is going to regress. He had a high Babbitt for people again on fantasy field freestyle. If you don't know, Babbitt is batting average on balls in play. And that should be around 300. That's like the league norm, okay? So that basically takes your batting average, right? And it takes the strikeouts out of it, okay? Because the strikeouts, remember, the three true outcomes, right? The three true outcomes. You take the strikeouts out of it, it takes the defense out of it. And so everyone's batting average is going to rise a little bit, okay? And what happens is it puts the defensive metrics, you can figure out a standard average, and it should be around 300. So if your BABIP is high, like Kiermaier's is, sometimes people have high BABIPs because they're, they leg out ground balls and things of that nature, and Kiermaier does fit that profile. But, you know, it, it, it's a matter of that's going to regress back to the mean, and your av- batting average will go down. And it, it, over time, you know, that's one of the indicators. And if your batting average goes down, your opportunity for runs and ribbies and all that good stuff goes down as well, and especially for a guy like Kiermaier, his stolen bases. You know, Ramos could be a top 10 catcher if he stays healthy. He's not far removed from that season with the Nationals where he hit... 307 with 22 homers, okay, and he might be in a run-producing spot, but there's nothing really for this offense to think about, okay, but then when you look at the next offense, I'm going to tell you about, um, and this is going to surprise some people, but to me, the next offense, and down to four, is the, is the Toronto Blue Jays, 
And the Toronto Blue Jays, listen, Donaldson is an elite, is elite, right? He's he's one of your top top four third basemen, I, uh, you know, and he's in a walk year, which is interesting. But he's been a little injury prone to me, so that gives me a little bit of concern. Who I love in this lineup is Justin Smoke. Is this like the post 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 hype for Justin Smoke? Right? What he, his 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 last year with 38 homers out of nowhere is very very interesting. He's going to be in a lineup that now has Granderson at the top with Donaldson, Morales, Tulo. It's an interesting lineup, and and I like Smoke Smoke and his isolated power of 259. That's pretty. That's pretty high, but you know, uh, I think he could be a breakout. I would watch him as a diamond in the rough. You know, corner infielder is pretty deep. If you want to get a corner infielder, Justin Smoke could be a very interesting guy to get. But I'm, you know, listen, guys, guys that have low ceilings to for me, like Tulo or Granderson. You know what you're getting in these kind of professional hitters. They're aging. Kendris Morales, another one as a run producer, but they're they're in the fourth spot for me. And the third spot is Baltimore. Baltimore, to me, I think, listen, we talk about three true outcomes, right? And and Baltimore, you have a three true outcome bonanza. And this is, I think, a lot due to the fact that um, Camden Yards is their ballpark, okay? Um, Chris Davis, Jonathan Scope specifically. You know, if you need power, Manny Machado, if you need power, Baltimore is for you, okay? Manny Machado, to me, is a, a second-round pick, Potentially, okay, he's in a contract year. We're going to see what happens. I don't think he runs, though. Listen, his running has gone down, but he's good for 30 home runs. He's good for 90 ribbies from the shortstop position, maybe from the third base position. That's obviously good. You like Chris Davis. Chris Davis, even with a little bit of a dip in some of his power numbers, some of his ISO, he he's a, he's a 30 home run easy guy if he can stay healthy. But Jonathan Scope is the guy I want to point out. Jonathan Scope, second baseman. He is going right now as the fifth highest second baseman in ADP. Okay. Um, and I think it's deserved. I think it's deserved. I think this year he's going to be in like the five spot of the lineup. I think his walk rate went up slightly, up to 5% last year. And I think that could go up a little bit more. He had 32 homers and 105 ribbies. 92 runs. Okay. This is a guy you got to keep an eye on. And he is not like... He's not an old guy. He's still ascending. So I really like Jonathan Scope. He's an AL East diamond in the rough candidate for sure. Um, and then, listen, Adam Jones, I don't believe it. He'll have one hot streak for you, but you, you can move on from him. Scope is the guy you, you like in Baltimore, um, and he could be a very interesting uh, second baseman. I think he can be literally top five second baseman this year. And in a kind of three true outcomes power way, which is the way you need. You need to get your power, right? And then in Boston, listen, they got J.D. Martinez. They needed J.D. Martinez. Uh, he'll love the green monster. This is a guy who had a higher OPS than both Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge. There'll be some, you know, uh, adjustment period, but he'll be overdrafted. He'll be great, but he won't be what you draft him as. And, and but other than that, listen, Bogarts gotta love. Betts gotta love. I am down on Benatendi. I think Benatendi's just like he's not a power. He's not really a power hitter, a true power hitter. He's more of a stuff all five categories kind of guy, you know. And there's a place for that, but just not where he's getting drafted. He's getting drafted as like a top a top ten outfielder, and. You know, that's kind of like the Dustin Pedroia mold. You know, and, I, and I'm okay with that. Listen, but he's just, he won't be on many of my teams, okay? But you know who might be is uh, Rafael Devers. And this is a guy, you know, my man Frank Stanfield has the man crush on him. 
right? The power is real, but um, he won't hit 280 again. I'll tell you that. But he's definitely a guy to look at. And then last in this division, obviously, is the New York Yankees. This is going to be ridiculous. Judge and Stanton will hit 100 home runs potentially this year, right? Um, and the funny part is for me, like, Gary Sanchez may be the biggest beneficiary of this, the whole thing. He's going to hit 35 homers. He's going to have like 100 ribbies if he stays healthy. He's going to be the number one overall catcher. He might hit fifth or sixth in this lineup, depending on how they spread out righties and lefties. Okay? Like, Didi is going to be a huge beneficiary. This is a shortstop with 25 home runs. And again, he is a lefty. So he is going to be breaking up some of these power bats at, at some point in the lineup. Is he the fifth or sixth hitter? You know? I mean, this is a guy right now, Didi Gregorius... And I'm writing about this in an article. Keep an eye out. I'll let y'all know. I'll hit you up on Twitter and let you guys know. Um, I'm writing an article for the AP. Didi Gregorius is going right now. It's like shortstop 10 or 11 in drafts. And he's going to hit 25 homers. He's going to have more opportunity for run production. And Greg Bird will be a low-cost free agent uh, first baseman corner infielder for you as well. Greg Bird along with Justin Smoke. There are some names here in the AL East. What we're going to do when we come back here on the Fantasy Freestyle, what we're going to do is we're going to get into my overall division. Predictions. I'm going to give you my diamonds and fugazis for the AL East. And then we're going to have a little bit of fun. The Tampa Bay Rays are doing something very interesting uh, with their rotation. We'll get into that. It's the poll question. Remember, catch that on Twitter as well. And then we're going to put the fun in Functional Sports Radio. And I'm going to talk to you about why you need to budget a little bit of extra time getting to play uh, NYCFC at Yankee Stadium. We're coming to New York to play some soccer in general. It's your boy Dave Martinez. Come on right back. Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Network. Let's go. Steiner Sports is the leading memorabilia provider for the New York Yankees, Rangers, Giants, Knicks, and the Brooklyn Nets. Featuring hundreds of items from your favorite athletes, Steiner Sports is your source for the best sports gifts. Go to SteinerSports.com box and shop our collection of memorabilia boxes, which include 10 gifts for the price of one. We've made one for each of your favorite teams. Hurry, supplies are limited, and these are some of the best deals we have ever offered. So go to SteinerSports.com box today. Fantasy Freestyle, right here on the Fantasy Sports Network. It's your boy Dane Martinez, aka Speeds, aka the Spitting Statistician, aka the Stable Genius and Vocal Minority. And we were chopping it up about the AL East. I was giving you all the insight on the bats, on the arms, on the closers. Okay, and uh, right now what we're gonna do is I'm gonna give you my diamonds and my fugazis for the division overall. And um, listen, because you got fantasy baseball drafts going on right now. I had one earlier in the week. I got another one coming up this weekend. But uh, if, you, if you're looking for a lead to get into, one, one thing to consider over there is fan tracks, okay? They got a great platform. It's ridiculous. Go on over to Fantrax. You could do things like multi-team trades, okay, and other stuff that you just don't get from these like general providers that you're probably using right now. Check them out. Tell them your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician, sent you. Um, you know, we'll see. Maybe they'll hit you up. But listen, my diamonds and fugazis for the ALEs. First of all, my diamonds in the rough. Jonathan Scope. 
Jonathan Scope, I told you he will be a top five second baseman this year. Is lock it in the 30 home runs, easy, better spot in the lineup. I told you about Justin Smoke, diamond in the rough in the AL East for Toronto. He had 38 home runs last year, and I think he is going to be able to sustain some of the trends he had with his walk rate, with his strikeout rate. I think the power is real. I like Greg Bird to stay healthy, and on the pitching side, give me Blake Snell as a diamond in the rough. I think he can take another step and develop. I think he is worth the risk later on in drafts. My Fugazis for this division. I got two of them for you. The first, I told you, in Baltimore, Dylan Bundy. Dylan Bundy is coming off a huge jump in his innings, and it's not like he was ever that good. It's just because he had a good start to the year, and people were like, oh, it's coming to fruition. But that was not the case later in the year. Do not believe in Dylan Bundy. And for me, listen, uh, Rick Porcello and David Price. Neither one of them are going to be able to back up Chris Sale, and I think the Red Sox know that. They are fugazis for me. When it comes to the predictions for the AL East, there's some interesting lines. I think, listen, I'm a Yankees fan, okay? I love the New York Yankees. I am a Yankees fan. There's a lot of money right now about them being AL favorites. I'm telling you right now, they are not my AL pennant winner. Okay, I would I, I would stay away from this. I do think the Yankees can win the division. I do not think they win the AL pennant. I'll give you my pennant winners next week when we finish it up right before uh right before the baseball season starts, but it is not the New York Yankees. Okay, so I, I, I would not take that money if I were you. That is not where I would lay my money. I like I like another team that we already covered with what I think is better elite pitching and better uh, more rounded, younger offense um, in Cleveland. But I digress. Let's talk a little bit. Um, Boston will be there. Boston will be there. But they're in that kind of wild card tier. I don't believe in the pitching, like I said, behind Chris Sale. And with Toronto and Baltimore, they're going to lose their best players in the, co- in the course of the next, you know, six to 18 months in Machado and Donaldson and and, and Tampa Archer is going to be gone as well so this is really continues to be the same arms race it always has been between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees but one thing that I do got to tell the stats overbeat cipher about this AL East is in Tampa this could have fantasy impact as well the Tampa Bay Rays are going with a four-man rotation you know we hear teams like the Texas Rangers uh, considering a six-man rotation, the Rays are going to go with a four-man rotation, okay? They've got Archer, like we've been talking about, Jacob Faria, we got Blake Snell, like I said, and Nate Eovaldi, and it's a problem if Nate Eovaldi you're, you're, you're hoping to get 170, 190 innings out of as your number four starter, but that's all they got, okay? That's all they got, so they might go with a four-man rotation, but not where you're going to be on short rest every time throughout the whole season. What they're going to do, and manager Kevin Cash has confirmed this, is saying that every fifth day, whenever it's needed, because remember, sometimes you do skip that turn in the rotation when you have the days off and things of that nature, right? So it's not utilized all the time. But when it's needed, and, you know, it's probably needed, I would say, 20 to 25 times in, in, in the season, what they're going to do is a bullpen committee day. That's how they're going to do this. And I think this is very interesting. I think this is very interesting, and I always want to keep it um, in in the spotlight for a couple reasons. One, I think this could be a financial play. Okay, I think this is a financial play because they are not taking on more contractual money. Starting pitchers make a lot more money than your 
rough underbelly bullpen guys or your guy that can go the three innings. Okay, so this is a financial play, I think, for the Rays to keep their costs down. It's not like they're contending anyway. Right, so I think that's interesting, and will other teams start to do it because of the way that pitching and starting pitching contracts have gone a little bit out of control, right? Or is this, you know, uh, purposefully to clear the way to let young talent that they want to bring up develop, you know, and that there will be a spot for them, uh, uh, you know, on on that random Thursday in June when they want to come up and make a spot start. I think that is another interesting thing to consider about this. And what I will say is, if and if you listen to the Stats Over Beats Cypher Fantasy Freestyle, you know that I was talking about this in a different way last year with the Los Angeles Dodgers. How they were, in essence, having a six-man rotation, but they were also manipulating the system. What they were doing in my opinion, was they were leveraging the the 10-day DL because it went down from 15 to 10-day and the idea of, like, the shuttle bus from AAA with guys like Urias, you know, and the DL with guys like Rich Hill, guys like Kenta Maeda, and they were kind of, in essence, doing a six-man rotation and always keeping some guy in the DL or some guy down in the minors, and that was a way to do it. There's a lot of ways teams are doing. So what is the right way? And that's the Twitter question. Uh, if you're still with us out there on Twitter, at Spittin' Speeds, is it a four-man rotation, the standard five-man rotation, or the six-man rotation that maybe Texas is considering, right? And, I, I, you know, I think there's merit to all of them, which is really interesting to see how this evolves. You know, we've seen the, the importance on the bullpen as well and stringing together three, four dominant arms out there that can go one inning. And that's contractual also. Think about Dylan Batantis's arbitration. Um, you know, situation. So, listen these these are these are ways that teams uh, get around their books and their talent based on where they are in the cycle of competing. You know, we're focused on the AL East, right? So, one story I wanted to tell you guys about real quick that was pretty funny to me in the AL East is the Yankees. The Yankees are uh, they're they're double A team in Trenton is going to do something funny. This season, starting on May 18th, okay, on Fridays, and this is, you know, minor league baseball, this is what you love. My man Fernando Perez would love this because he says he wants to make the product more interesting, okay? Starting in May 18th, the AA Trenton Thunder are going to change their name to honor a food favorite of New Jersey. Um, And on Friday, they are going to be the Trenton Pork Rolls. Okay, uh, if you don't know, if you're not from the area, you might know it as Taylor Ham as well. But this is like kind of uh, real regional. And the general manager, Jeff Hurley, said that he is rebranding as the Trenton Pork Rolls on Friday nights. He says it is, quote, the perfect way to celebrate a Garden State favorite. I think that's funny. You can see it opening up so many potential ideas for, for mascots for in-between inning games and uh, races and challenges. Um, so big shout-out to the Yanks for, uh, you know, playing to their base as it were there, becoming the Trenton Pork Rolls on Friday nights. Maybe I'll have to go out there. Keeping it here in NYC as well. You know we do it, born and raised. Shout-out to Chronicle, my man, Rocks One, young fistful of rings. Um, we don't talk soccer, much, but I thought it was funny as a New Yorker. Check this out. Now, two weeks in a row, 
a visiting team from MLS soccer team, one uh, trying to play NYCFC, one trying to play the Red Bulls, were late to their arena because of issues. Last, so last week it was, uh, you know, St. Paddy's Day in New York, and, you know, I don't begrudge anybody. You know, it was, uh, they, uh, it was parades out there, you know, a lot of revelry going on. I call it amateur hour, though, that and, like, SantaCon uh, here in New York. But uh, the team bus for Orlando was late to Yankee Stadium, and they had to push back the game, uh, like, 45 minutes. And the week before that, the Portland Timbers were late to play the Red Bulls because the bus got lost in directions and went the wrong way. NYCFC and the Red Bulls won their games handily. In, in those two events So you know you know, City can confuse you It's intimidating Before you even get here Before you even have to play the opponent I thought that was funny Big shout out to uh, NYCFC Undefeated Top of the conference You know if you're, if you're into that If you're into That sort of thing Right I know one thing you need to be into Is um, helping out here With the Fantasy Sports Network And I've been telling you about this All football season been telling you about it last month as well and it's our partnership with dkms because every three minutes an american is diagnosed with blood cancer unfortunately only 30 percent of patients are able to find a compatible bone marrow donor within their family and that is how you can help you got to go on over to dkms.org slash fantasy today and sign up online to register as a donor dkms will send you a swab kit it takes legitimately one minute to do you swab each of your cheeks and then you send it back to them that's it you're done Okay, that's all you got to do on your side. DKMS will then try to match you up with a person in need of a donation. The process is easy, and best of all, you can actually save someone's life. We're not talking about fantasy sports, you know, with your fantasy team. We're talking about reality. You can, in reality, save someone's life. Go to DKMS.org slash fantasy to see how you can help. All right, that's what we're talking about today. I got to tell you, next week, we got a big week on the fantasy freestyle um we are going to continue getting into some nfl storylines that i think are real interesting we'll look at free agency what some teams that kind of are left out of the cold in this situ- at this stage of the offseason and how they're going to have to rededicate their attention maybe to the draft or otherwise um after free agency we'll talk about this concussion settlement which i think is very um you know continuing the trend of how i've been saying the nfl does not care about player safety and you know in baseball we'll talk about you know everything we need to clean up our final predictions and our final previews before the start of the baseball season we'll have a lot of fun as well as we always do out there in studio 34 rock and riley's there in uh midtown manhattan if if we can get out of the snow you know because it's still here we thought it was spring but uh, apparently, apparently, I don't know if that means the Groundhog saw it or did not. But it is coming true in a big, big way here in 2018. All right, y'all, that is about it for me. That is my time. Thanks to everybody for uh, supporting. And if you, if you, you know, if you like what you hear, if you're part of the Stats Overbeat Cipher, download and subscribe. The thing is, just hit that subscribe button. This way, you get all the content, the video content, the audio content from your boy Speeds, the Spitting Statistician, the Stable Genius, and Vocal Minority. I'm out of here. It's been a Another episode of the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Network. I'll catch y'all next week. Let's make it happen. Fantasy Baseball right around the corner. Peace.